you have your Bibles with you this morning, would you open them please to 1 John chapter 5. Sunday morning we're in a sermon series entitled Promises. And we're going through the Bible and we're looking at some of the promises that God has made to you and I. Promises that we can take to heaven's bank in cash with the perfect assurance that the check is good. Remember, God does what he says, and he says what he does. God's promise of eternal life is our subject this morning. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 through 13. And John the Apostle writes to those of his day, to us this morning, these words. He says, this is the record. This is the account. This is the sworn statement that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son, his only beloved begotten Son, who has a name, and his name is Jesus. And he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you might know, not guess, not suppose, that you might know you have eternal life, and that you might believe on the name of the Son of God. Not long ago, a mistake was made on a televised award ceremony. As the host stood on the platform to present the award, he looked at the teleprompter. Instead of looking at the note that was in his hand that had the winner's name, I guess he supposed that they were the same. Well, the teleprompter got it wrong. And so he called the wrong person's name to come to the platform on national television to receive this award. Well, as the wrong person is leaving their seat and walking to the platform to receive an award that's not theirs, the officials behind the scene are in panic mode. What in the world are they going to do? Well, the wrong person is now on the platform. So immediately, the officials behind the scenes call for a station break. So right in the middle of the presentation, there's a station break. So the national audience now is in the dark. Those who are alive see exactly what's going to take place. The officials run out, and very awkwardly and very much anxiety, they apologize to the person who's standing on the platform. You're not supposed to get it. And so they ask him to go back to his seat. They call the real name, and the real person stands up who's supposed to get the award, and they come forward. So when television comes back on, there's a whole new person standing on the platform, a whole different person's name on the platform receiving the award. Now, I tell you that because down here we can make mistakes, right? We make mistakes occasionally. Up there, there are no mistakes made. 
One day the roll is going to be called up yonder in heaven. The Lamb's book of life is going to be opened up. And those who have the Son have life. Those who have been washed in the blood and clothed in the robe of righteousness shall hear their name called. And let me say to you right now, when the names are called in heaven, there will be no uncertainty. There will be no confusion. There will be no mistakes. There will be no recalls. There will be no commercial breaks to get it right. God knows who his own is. And he will call his own to eternal life. Those who have the Son shall receive that life on that day. And those who have not the Son shall not receive that life on that day. Now let me say something to you that I want you to put your ears on and listen to. The life that Jesus gives to you and I the life that Jesus gives to whosoever will call upon his name, that life is safe, it's secure, and it's forever. Are you listening to me? The life that Jesus gives, his life is safe and secure, and it's forever. It cannot be forgotten by him or by us. There's not a mistake in it. There's no recall in it. We can't lose it, and nobody can take it from us. It's called eternal life for a reason, because it's forever. Now, I'm perfectly aware that there's some good Christian people who disagree with that. There's some denominations and there's some Christians who believe, erroneously, I believe, but nevertheless, they believe that what God gives us by his grace, we can lose by our works. Now think about that. There's some who believe that what God so gives to us by his grace, we somehow, by what we think or feel or say or do, can lose it by our works. There's some who believe that that word eternal, that word everlasting, has an asterisk by it. It doesn't really mean that. It only means if you can hold on to it. Because if you don't hold on to it, then it's not eternal or everlasting for you. That you can possibly forfeit it again by something that you say or do or think or feel in your life. Now, I could spend the next 45 minutes trying to change your mind if you're one of those Christians. But you know something I've learned a long time ago? A little truth, and maybe you'd like to learn it too. Whatever I can talk you into, somebody else can talk you out of. So I could spend 45 minutes convincing you that what I'm telling you about eternal life being safe and secure and forever, if it be in Jesus, is true. And you could even walk out saying, yeah, I think that's right. And then next week you run into somebody else who also tells you some things. You say, well, that sounds good too. I think I'm going to believe this again. 
So you see, I'm not going to try to talk you or in or out of anything. I'm going to let the Word of God speak for itself. I kind of figure God can speak for himself, don't you? So if you have your Bibles, let's see what God has to say about this subject of salvation, this subject of the life that we receive in his son Jesus. And John chapter 3, verses 15 through 16. Now follow and listen carefully. Follow with your eyes, listen with your ears. John 3, verses 15 and 16. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, speaking of Jesus, but they will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Eternal life, everlasting life. John 3, verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. John chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus says, Verily, I verily, truly, truly. If he says it once, you ought to listen. If he says it twice, you ought to double listen. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. John 6, 40, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life and then first john chapter 2 back to first john now out of the gospel of john first john chapter 2 verse 25 and this is the promise that god has promised to us even eternal life how many times does god have to say something for it to be true he who has the Son has life. He who has this life has eternal life, everlasting life. Case closed, exclamation point. This is the promise of God. In John chapter 10, Verse 27 through 30, if you want to turn there. We've been driving around the parking lot of the Bible a little bit. But we're going to settle down in this parking space, if you don't mind. John chapter 10, verse 27 through 30, for just a little while. And then we'll go back to our original text that I read. We'll hang around there for a little bit. And then we'll close up shop and go home, if that's okay with you. I'm not going to preach as long as I normally do. The stewardship team said no more overtime. <laughs> so we'll get out a little bit early. <laughs> Y'all are so gullible. <laughs> John chapter 10, verse 27 through 30. The apostle John is talking about Jesus as being a shepherd. He's talking about the redeemed, those who have the life of Jesus as being sheep. Now follow what he's saying. These are very interesting verses. He says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep, not the goats. My sheep. They hear my voice, and I know them by name. And they follow me. And I give to them 
eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them to me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And then he makes a bombshell of a statement. I and my Father are one. My Father's God, and I am God too. Now what are some things we can get out of there? As we're talking about God's promise to those who have the life of Jesus, that their life will be eternal and everlasting. Well, if you'll notice in verse 27, Jesus says that the true sheep, again, not the goats, there's a difference in a goat and a sheep. The true sheep, those who are born again, those who are saved, those who have his life, they follow the shepherd, and that shepherd is Jesus. They follow the shepherd. Picture in your mind a shepherd walking through a field. Picture in your mind his sheep following him. Sheep follow the shepherd. Goats don't follow anybody. But sheep will always follow the shepherd. Now in following the shepherd, they might stray away. They might stray away. But the shepherd will go get them and bring them back. The sheep following the shepherd might fall behind. But the shepherd will always stop and go back and catch them up. The sheep following the shepherd might fall down. They might just fall down flat on their back. And the shepherd will stop. And he will go and do what? He will pick them up. He'll put them back on their feet. And if they can't walk, he'll put them on his shoulder. And he'll carry them. The sheep might get out of line. Sheep don't always march in orders, do they? Sometimes they get out of line, just like we do. And when a sheep gets out of line, the shepherd will speak to the sheep. And sometimes his voice is enough to put the sheep back in order. Sometimes the shepherd has to do something else to get the sheep's attention. It's called discipline. That's why he carries a rod and a staff. Sometimes he has to get the sheep's attention. Sheep can be stubborn. I know you're not stubborn, but sheep can be stubborn. And sometimes the shepherd has to get their attention to put them back in line. And that's what John is saying. True sheep will always follow the shepherd. They might stray away temporarily, but the shepherd's going to bring them back. They might fall behind temporarily, but the shepherd's going to catch them up. They might fall down temporarily, but the shepherd will stand them back on their feet. They might get out of line temporarily, but the shepherd will discipline them and put them back in line. The sheep will always follow the shepherd. Do you understand that? They don't just do it for one day, one week, one month, or one year. They don't just do it when it's convenient or cheap or comfortable. The sheep follow the shepherd. They know who they belong to, and they follow him, 
and they listened to him. We also learn from John chapter 10, verse 27, that the shepherd knows the sheep. Not only does the sheep know the shepherd, but he knows them. Most shepherds name their sheep. They have a name for them. And what John is saying is Jesus, the shepherd, the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the sheep shepherd, he knows the sheep, you and I, that follow him. He knows our name. He knows our need. He knows our strength. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our tendencies. He knows our proclivities. He knows our idiosyncrasies. He knows the good, bad, and ugly about us. Thank you, Clint Eastwood. He knows us. He knows us inside out, outside in, from head to toe and from toe to head. He knows us. So picture in your mind what John is saying, the shepherd. He leads the sheep. They listen to his voice. They follow him. And he knows who they are. And he knows how to take care of them because he knows all about them. It says in verse 28, if you follow your verses, just keep looking down. That this shepherd gives the sheep that know him and listen to him and follow him, he gives them a certain kind of life. It's called what? Say it, eternal life. Not temporary life. Eternal life. And notice it says he gives it. It isn't something that the sheep earn. He gives it. This is speaking of grace. For by grace are we saved through faith. And that are not of ourselves. It is a gift from God. It is the shepherd who gives eternal life to the sheep. And he does it by grace. They don't earn it, they don't deserve it, they don't merit it. He just gives it to them out of his love. For God so loved. And what he gives them is not just life, but it's eternal life. That word eternal means forever. Never ends. Never ends. And then in verse 28, Notice that this life that the shepherd gives the sheep is not only abundant life and eternal life, but they can never perish with that life. Verse 28, they will not perish. Now verse 28 in the English doesn't read strong, but in the, but in the language of the Greek language, where we translated for our English Bible, that's a very strong statement being made. A double negative is being used. And what it, what it, without going into technicalities, let me tell you what it's saying. Will absolutely not perish. Will absolutely not perish. No doubt, no possibility, no high percentage chance it won't happen will absolutely not happen. They will not perish. Period. It ain't going to happen. 
Why won't it happen? Verse 28 through 30. Watch, follow your Bibles. Because the Father and Son guarantee it. The Father and Son guarantee it. Wow. You mean the devil can't take it? The demons can't take it? No situation or circumstance can take it? No sin or iniquity can take it? I can't drop it or lose it? Because it's guaranteed by God the Father and God the Son. They say that you're in good hands with all state. <laughs> you're in good hands when God the Father is holding you and God the Son is holding you. When the first and second member of the Holy Trinity tell you that they've got you and you're not going to perish, how insulting it is to think that we can get out of their hands or somebody can take us out of their hands. When the Apostle Paul wrote Philippians, in chapter 1, verse 6, he says a verse that really says all what we're already talking about. He says, be confident of this very thing. Be confident of this very thing. He that begins the work of salvation in you will continue the work of salvation in you until he finishes the work of salvation in you. He who gave you that salvation by grace will keep that salvation for you by grace and will get you to heaven where it shall be completed by grace. The God of salvation justifies you by grace, sanctifies you by grace, glorifies you by grace. And you can't do anything about it. And no one else can, or nothing else can. And this is what he has promised us. Eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life. Now, let's go back now to 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. You see, John's not through. I think John coached football. I'm not sure of that. Many of you who are scholars, you might want to look that up and report back to me. I think John had a coach's cap on and a whistle. You say, why do you think he was a football coach? Because he's redundant in everything he does. He's repetitive. You ever watch good football coaches? They don't do a lot, but what they do, they do over and over and over and over and over again. They teach by repetition. And John wants to make sure we, the people of God, understand this truth because he's repetitive with his teaching. He wants it to sink in. He knows some of us have a hard head. Who are you talking about, Pastor? If your phone's ringing, you answer it. 
1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. Now let's go to that parking lot and let's park in this space for a minute. Notice he says some things that are interesting here. He says, and this is the record. That word record that's, is a legal word. It's a courtroom word. It means to give a sworn testimony of something that's true. I want you to picture in your mind that God the Father is on the witness stand. And he has his hand raised and he's about to give an oath. He's about to make a promise that what he's about to say is the absolute truth. What is he going to say? Look at verse 11. This is the record. This is the testimony. This is the sworn statement of God the Father that God has given to us what kind of life? Say it. Eternal life. And this life is where? Where's this life come from? His Son. This life that is safe and secure and forever, this life that allows us to hear the voice of the shepherd Jesus, this life that allows us to follow Jesus, this life that saved us by grace, keeps us saved by grace, will put us in heaven by grace, this life, this salvation, comes from Jesus. Are you listening to me, church? It comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from Mohammed. It doesn't come from Buddha. It doesn't come from Confucius. It doesn't come from Krishna. It doesn't come from the Pope. It doesn't come from Dalai Lama. It doesn't come from Sun Moon. It doesn't come from some higher power. You can't buy it at Walmart. It comes from Jesus. If you have the Son, you have life. And if you don't have Him, it doesn't matter what else you have or how much you have of it because you are do will not have life. It's not about a creed. It's not about a code. It's not about a cause. It's not about a ceremony. It's not about a chant. It's not about being consecrated to something or committed to something. It's about Christ. This kind of life that I'm talking about, you don't get it by just mumbling a sinner's prayer that many people think that gets you saved. All that is is saying a prayer that means nothing if it doesn't mean something to you. And we Baptist folks have been taught for years, all you got to do is say the sinner's prayer, you're home free. That sinner's prayer will take you to hell if you don't know what you're saying and you don't know what you're saying and what you mean and you mean what you're saying. You're not saved by a prayer. You're saved by Christ. He who has the Son hath life. You're not saved by walking an aisle. You're not saved by getting credentials from your church. You're not saved by being baptized. All of that's good, but it doesn't save you. He who has the Son hath life. Salvation comes from Jesus. God the Father makes a promise to us of that. And this life that Jesus gives is abundant. The cup overflows. It's life-changing. It's soul-saving. It's eternal life. And we're told to know it, to know that we have it. In verse 13, it says, know that you might have eternal life. 
Let me ask you a question. Are you married? Well, I was married yesterday. I, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm married. Let me ask you another question. What's your gender? Are you male or female? I need to look. No, you don't. <laughs> if you're married, you know it. Amen? If you're male, you know it. Amen? If you're female, you know it. Amen? If you're a born-again child of God, you know it. Amen? It's not something you hope so, think so, maybe so, could be, maybe. It's not something you have today, you don't have tomorrow. You've got it. That's an absolute fact. That word no in verse 13 means it's an absolute, unchangeable fact. And this is what he has promised us. Eternal life. Everlasting life, forever life. He that hath his son has this kind of life. And he that does not have the son has not this kind of life. Now in closing, as I mentioned earlier, they're well-meaning people. And I love them and they love me and we have a good relationship. But they don't believe this. They believe that somehow what God gives you can be lost. While nobody, while nobody can take it from you would be their argument, you can lose it. Think wrong, feel wrong, say wrong, do wrong. Somewhere in the course of life, if you do something that's serious enough, you will drop your salvation, you will forfeit your salvation. You'll lose it. They teach that. And the reason why they teach that is is because they don't want someone to get the idea that they can sin and get away with it. So they're, they're sincere in what they believe, and, and, and there's a reason why they believe like that. That's why they don't like once saved, always saved, because they believe it just gives somebody an opportunity to say a sinner's prayer, walk an aisle, get baptized, and then go out and live like the devil and then go to heaven. That's where all that argument came from. And I appreciate their understanding of that or their concern about that, but listen to me. If you hold to that belief, let's follow it to its natural conclusion. If you believe that God gives you salvation by grace, shake your head, do you, if you believe that, it comes from Him by grace. You cannot earn it. You cannot work for it. You cannot receive it. By grace, He gives it to you. If you believe that, but then on the other hand, you say, but once He gives it to me, I've got to keep it. I've got to make sure that I think right. I've got to make sure that I feel right. I've got to make sure that I talk right. I've got to make sure that I do right. Because if I don't, I will lose my salvation. He gave it to me, but I'll lose it. Now, if you follow that to its logical conclusion and you get to heaven, 
wouldn't it be possible then for you to walk up to Jesus? Hi, Jesus. Jim Palmer, I want to thank you for saving me. And I kept what you gave me. You saved me, I kept my salvation. We were a wonderful team together, weren't we? He, you saved me by grace, but I kept it by my works, my good works. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a fallacy. It's foolishness. He gives it, he keeps it, and he finishes it. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't think right and feel right and speak right and do right. But remember, if you've got the real thing, you will. Because you hear the voice and you follow him. If you don't have the real thing, you never hear him and you're not going to follow him for long. You'll drop out somewhere along the way and go back out to what you were doing before it all happened. Listen to your pastor. We are saved by grace, kept saved by grace, and will be in heaven by grace. There's no partnership to this salvation. It's all of Jesus and none of us. None of us. If I believe that you could lose what God gave you if you got the real thing, the best thing I could do for you is when you said yes to Jesus is put a bullet in your head. Because the best five minutes of your life or my life, we couldn't keep it. If Jesus said, Jim, I'm going to save you, but you've got to keep it for five minutes, just five minutes, and then I'll pick it up again and take care of it, I'd lose it. Your pastor couldn't keep his salvation for five minutes if it depended on me. Don't look at me. You can't either. So this idea that he saves us and then says, good luck, you're on your own till you get to heaven, is fallacy. It's a work salvation if you believe that. And that would contradict everything the Bible teaches. And then some would say, well, what about those people, Pastor, that say the prayer, <laughs> walk the aisle, fill out the paperwork, get baptized, come to church. They serve, they give, they sing, they dance. They do all the different things that you do. And they do it for two months, Pastor. Two years. Three years. And then all of a sudden, they change their mind about it all. They change their heart about it all. They say they wash their hands of it. They say, I'm tired of this church. I'm tired of this nonsense of living this way. I'm going to go back to the world. I want to cuss and fuss. I want to drink alcohol and snort white powder. I want to sleep with every person in town. I don't want to live like this no more. And they go back into the world. Pastor, what about them? You don't believe they can lose their salvation then by making those choices and never coming back? No, I don't believe they can lose it. I believe they never had it. You see, there's a difference in professing and there's a difference in possessing. Anybody can mumble a prayer. 
Anybody can walk an aisle. Anybody can fill out paperwork. Anybody can get baptized. Anybody temporarily can walk with Jesus. But if you're the real deal, if you have the life of the Son in you, He will change your mind. He will change your mouth. He will change your mannerisms. You will constantly hear His voice. You will follow Him. Maybe not perfectly, but if you don't follow Him, He will come and get you. He's going to keep you in line. He's going to get you where he's going, which is heaven. He isn't going to lose you. And you're not going to lose yourself if you're his. The problem is we've just got a lot of folks who make professions of faith, but they never possess the life of Christ. Jesus said when you look at a tree, if the tree is a good tree, it will produce good fruit. If it's a bad tree, it will produce bad fruit. It's by the way they live that you will know. And not just temporarily by the way they live, how they live their life until they go into eternity. Christians can stray for a moment. They can fall behind. They can fall down. They can get out of line. But remember, if you're the shepherds, what's he going to do? Bring you back, bring you forward, pick you up. Or put the switch on you. He's going to get you there. The problem we have is it's not so many backsliders as we got people who never knew the Lord. Because we sometimes in Baptist churches encourage people just to say prayers and walk an aisle and tell them they're home free and they're not. Don't get me wrong, you can say a sinner's prayer and ask Jesus into your heart. But that prayer doesn't save you, Jesus saves you. That prayer has no life in it, Christ has the life. He that hath the Son hath life. Eternal life, everlasting life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. That's the promise. So in closing, do you have life? As you're sitting here looking at me right now, do you have life? Or do you just have a prayer? Do you have life or do you just have a walk down the aisle and some paperwork? Do you have life or do you just have a baptism certificate? Do you have life or do you just have some churchianity and religiosity? Because if you have a salvation that is anything except that of Jesus Christ himself, you will perish. Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Many will come to me on the day of judgment, and they will tell me about all the things that they did. And he's going to say, I never knew you because you never had my life. I don't know who you are. Depart from me, you who make me. If you have the Son, you have life. And if you have his life, you know it. And if you have his life, it's eternal. It's everlasting. If you have his life, you hear his voice. If you have his life, you follow him. If you have his life, you will not perish. 
And if you don't, you will. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed.